When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Oh, yes. The Hangtime Podcast, Seku Smith in Cleveland. For the finals, my main man Lang Whitaker in town as well. Are we? Yes, we're here. We are. We're definitely in Cleveland. We're not in. We're not in San Francisco and Oakland anymore, my friend. We've uh, traversed the country. The Wi-Fi is more like a why not? <laughs> Wi-Fi, why not? Yeah, we're ha- we're having uh, some interesting technical entertainment. Let's put it that way today here <laughs> on the Hangtime Podcast. So bear with us. Uh, we apologize for the iRobot uh, ef- effect that is going to be on the, the Hangtime Podcast that, this week. So you and I are literally probably like, what, 30 feet apart right now? But we're yes. <laughs> different floors and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> different, connecting through Atlanta and all sorts of stuff going on. Yes, different wavelengths. But it doesn't take away from the fact, Lang, that we are knee-deep into the trilogy here between the Cavs and the Warriors after two games in Oakland that were pretty definitive statement games for the for the Warriors, went in pretty handily in the second halves of both of those first two games. Yeah. Everything shifts now here to Cleveland and whether or not LeBron James and the Cavaliers are going to be able to pull themselves out of this mess and at least get to 2-1 and to, to quell any talk of a, of a sweep. Because, I mean, that's what you're coming across the country from games one and two and everybody's wondering, do the Cavs have enough to make this a series, let alone – make it a real series and, and really make you think they got a chance to do something other than to go out gracefully on their swords in this uh, and on their shields in this series. You you got to know, though, that Kevin Durant, no offense to the Barnes family, I'm sure this won't get us an invite to the barbecue in Iowa next month, but he is a sizable upgrade over yeah. Harrison Barnes at the small forward position. I, I think back to 2007 when I came here for the finals and it was Spurs were up 2-0 on the Cavs and it just felt like the Cavs had no way to close the gap in that series. I, you know, last year when we were here and it was the same situation, 2-0, they'd gotten blown out in the first two games. They had to make some lineup changes. It, I don't know. It didn't feel like it was over. It felt like right. the Cavs still were in that thing. And this year it doesn't feel like they're still in it like they did last year. Right. I mean, if we get to 2-1 and, and everybody wakes up, the morning after game three with a different narrative, maybe it is, you know, maybe it is a different series. Maybe sure. it is game back on. I mean, it everything can change with one game. I, I just don't know how it changes. What What is Cleveland going to do to, you know, become 30 points better than they have been in the first two games? Well, then you got to go throwing logic into it. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure what they can do, but maybe Matt Bonner knows. And we got a chance to speak with him this week about life 
after basketball, what he saw dealing with LeBron earlier in his career, having faced him in the finals three times, young LeBron and more mature LeBron. Let's holler at him right quick and, and let everybody get a listen to what he had to say just about the finals and what that challenge is. Joining us now on the Hangtime Podcast, one of our uh, favorite players from last year is Matt Bonner, longtime San Antonio Spur. And since we're in the midst of the finals, we thought we talked to someone who's been to a lot of finals. And Matt, I know you're in New York right now doing um, some stuff with Futuro. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the partnership there and, and what you guys are doing? Sure. It's been great teaming up with Futuro. I'm trying to transition, as you know, from the day-in, day-out grind of having to train and be an NBA player, and I'm trying to stay fit and healthy, and Futuro braces and supports have been perfect for me. Uh, I have a lot of wear and tear on my knees, my calves. I even had a tennis elbow incident when I switched to the larger <laughs> iPhone. I don't know if you guys remember that, and they have products that help me with all this stuff so I can continue working out and staying fit. I remember you telling a story one time, and I, I, I don't remember the details, but that's why we have you here, um, about when you were playing, I believe, in Italy, and you ended up having to go to the team dentist. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the, yeah, the, I was playing my first year after school, after graduating from the University of Florida. Go Gators. Tough loss in the softball national championships last night. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, we were playing Benetton Treviso, and a guy you guys might remember, Jorge Garbajosa, who played a, yeah. a while on the Raptors, Spanish basketball legend. It was the beginning of the third quarter, and I upfaked, and he, he bit on it, and I went up underneath him to, to draw the foul, and he came down and cracked me right on the head with his elbow and split my head open. And and you don't have a lot of nerve endings in your skull, apparently. At least this is what I learned through this process. So I didn't realize it, but the play went down the other end. There was a foul. I went to line up for the foul shot, and when I put my knees on my my hands on my knees to rest, blood just started spilling all over the floor. And oh. I, I reached up, and I you know I had a huge gash in my head from where he split my head open. And I remember like going up to the ref because they didn't call a foul. That's how they treat the Americans over there. I, I remember I, I went up to the ref, and I was like, must have looked like a horror movie scene. And I'm like, you know, this isn't a foul. You don't call this a foul. And they just, you know, gave, gave the, yeah, what do you want me to do? So I went, I went, to, the, went to the locker room. Uh, denti- or, or our team doctor, who I, at, at this time I did not know he was a dentist, shaved a huge patch out of my head, so I had this bald spot, stitched me up put a bunch of gauze and then put a hairnet, a tight hairnet on my head. And I went back out on the court and finished the game. And I was, I had like, after the game, I looked in the mirror, I had like blood caked all over my face and neck and Jersey and this crazy hairnet holding the gauze in place. (laughs) I mean, it was a wild scene and we ended up, we ended up beating them and they were one of the best teams in all of Europe at the time. I'm, I'm not sure if they still are. So, after the uh, the next day, I go in and our team doctor shaves the rest of my head, so I don't. So I'm basically like bald. And a week later, I go. He uh, gives me the address of his office, so I can go and get the stitches removed. And I go in, and he asked me to go take a seat in a, in in, uh, in his in one of the exam rooms. And I go in, and there's like a dentist seat. And I'm thinking, well, this is weird. Maybe he shares an office with a dentist. And so I sit down in the dentist chair, 
<laughs> he, he comes in and he's got like that light that they shine in your mouth, you know, so you can right. see the cavities and stuff. And he shines it on to where the wound is and removes the stitches. And he's like, you know, there, you're all set. You're good to go. And I'm like, okay. Well, he, you know, maybe he just shares an office with a dentist. So I was going, I, I had to stop at reception to sign something. And I look over and I see him cleaning someone's teeth in the next exam room. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Our t- our team doctor is a dentist. That's that's <laughs> nothing like international basketball. Matt Bonner joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Matt, you, you've been retired now for months, and I know during your playing days you were infamous uh, as being the sandwich hunter. What are you eating nowadays to stay in shape? Like, what are you, what are you dining on to keep your physique that you worked all these years to uh, craft? <laughs> well, it's, first of all, it's been quite the challenge. I will say that. <laughs> Um, you know, on, honestly, I've cut back. I used to eat sandwiches probably eight to twelve times a week, God. and and now I'm probably eating sandwiches maybe four times a week. I'll do like four sandwich right. lunches a week, and then I'll mix in something healthier for the other three lunches. I've completely moved away from sandwiches for dinner. That's kind of off the docket. But but honestly, you know, my number one way of trying to keep some of that physique and in-shapedness that I had from when I was playing is, is to continue to be active and working out. And that's, you know, not to bring it up, well, to, my partnership with Futuro has been helpful with that. Like I said, you know, at the end of my career I had calf issues, and so their compression socks have been great to kind of keep those loose throughout the day. I like wearing those when I'm doing my broadcasting for the skirt. I got my compression dress socks, Futuro compression dress socks on, which is awesome. And also they, they have some really awesome knee sleeves as well that I like to use to, to keep my knees warm when I'm working out so I can continue to eat sandwiches without putting on too much weight. Matt, um, since we're in the midst of the NBA Finals, just curious, like, in, in sort of a macro sense, like, what's the difference for a player playing in the NBA Finals from playing in the regular season? There's, all right, so... To break it down, there's like three levels to me. You have the regular season, which is the process. You know, you always hear, I don't know, you know, the Spurs are all about embracing the process. So that means taking advantage of the regular season to, to improve, to get better, so that you're playing your best basketball once the playoffs start. And on top of that, you need to, it's up to the coach and the management to manage minutes or whatever they have to do so that everybody's healthy and full strength going into those playoffs. Because honestly, the playoffs is like when the real season starts. Everybody goes back to zero and zero, and that's when, that's when it counts. You know, that's, that's when your season ends or doesn't end. So then that's kind of like once the playoffs start, that's like the second season and, and things get amped up. And then once you get to the finals, it's almost like like a third season. It's a, it's a completely different animal. You have it, it, there's a media circus. It, there's so much attention. It's almost like uh, you know I got to play in the final four with the Gators. It, it's just there's a lot of off the court distractions. All of a sudden, everybody who, everybody you've ever met is suddenly your best friend and wants tickets to the finals. You got to deal with all that <laughs> off the court stuff. All the basketball media in the entire world is focused on this one series, so there's a lot of media distractions that way. Uh, all the pundits, guys like you—I mean, I'm in the same boat as you guys now. Where I'm sure we're going to talk about this series. 
so that's you you got to kind of block all that out all those distractions and and the games are longer there's longer breaks there's I don't know it's just it's just different I don't know how to explain it and, and it's the finals so you you know you're four wins away from being being the world champs so it's a lot more pressure no question Matt what you get against LeBron three times in the finals in 07 and then again in 2013 2014 how how different was the challenge of dealing with him how drastically different was it from his early trip to the finals when you guys ran him over to that back-to-back set where he's a much more mature physically, emotionally, and every other way, LeBron James. Wow. I'm going to have to think back because, man, 07 was a long time ago. But honestly, he he's, for him, his experience, I would say, his leadership, his ability. I mean, he's always been able to make everybody he plays with better because of his uh, ability to pass the ball. But but also he gets his guys to play hard on both ends of the floor. He he can shoot the three a lot better than he could when he first came into the league. Uh, that was always my strategy. If I ever got switched on to LeBron, I would back like five, six feet off him and, and try to bait him into shooting the three and then contest at the end and live with the right. result. And then if he, for some reason, he did try to drive by me, I'd maybe try to keep him in front for like one bump, but he's so big and strong. If he if he knocked me back at that point, I would just ho- if we're not in the bonus, I would immediately just foul him and make him take it out on the side so the proper matchup can take place. Because <laughs> there's not much you can do in those situations, at least for a guy like me. But uh, yeah, his his you know just intensity. Understa- he 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 understands now how hard it is and what it takes to to win a championship and expects that from everybody on his team, I think. Uh, Matt, we know you have a long day ahead of you there in New York. I wish I was there to play force against you, but um, but I'm not. So <laughs> thanks for spending a little time with us today, and good luck uh, staying off the sandwiches, man. Oh, well, thank you. I'm going to I'm gonna find some good ones here for sure. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. Matt Bonner joining us this week on the Hangtime Podcast. There you have it, Matt Bonner joining us here, the uh, sandwich hunter himself. The sandwich hunter retired. Uh <laughs> Not eating as many sandwiches as he used to. Fourteen sandwiches a week—that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot um, of bread. I mean, a- if if I lived here in Cleveland, I might eat fourteen bonmies a week at Fothang Cafe. <laughs> yes, very nice. <laughs> Shout out to our folks at the Fothang Cafe. Took care of us yesterday. But back to this—the finals and obviously this series. Lang, when's the last time we saw a team run through the field? the way the Warriors have. I mean, they got a chance. I mean, it's just a chance before we play game three. But it's out there, the the opportunity to go undefeated from start to finish in the playoffs. Crazy to think about that, that, yeah. that a team would do that in this day and age. It's funny because last year they won the 73 games, and everybody's like, well, that doesn't matter. What really matters is the playoffs. And, you know, when they lose in the finals, then it's like, well, the 73 doesn't matter. And then this <laughs> season they were – pretty good in the regular season and then now they're like all right so this is what matters but we'll show you that we can do this what would be more impressive to you the 73 and 9 regular season or the 16 and 0 in the playoffs were it to happen 16 and 0 yeah to yeah. me because I think in the playoffs, when you're playing the same team over and over in a series, you make adjustments. It's a little, I don't want to say easier, but maybe it becomes more simple about how to attack the team and figuring out ways to be the same team over and over and as opposed to playing on a you know random team on a random night, so uh, I think the playoffs it's a little harder to string together those wins. I mean, clearly it's hard 
ever done it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just the fact that they've piled up all these different milestones in successive seasons, I think, is as impressive as anything. Yeah. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Like I said, we we too often, you know, drive off of one highway to the other during the course of the playoffs based on what happens from game to game. But it's hard not to be overwhelmingly impressed with what the Warriors have done. And more importantly, what Kevin Durant has done in his first two games back in the finals after a five-year absence. Last seen here in a Thunder uniform. He shows up in a Warriors uniform. He's averaging 35.5 points on nearly, you know, 57% shooting from the floor, 50% from three. He's averaging 11 rebounds, seven assists, two and a half blocks, one and a half steals in the first two games. The Cavs, the Cavs have no answer for him, not LeBron nope. or anybody else, do they? I think LeBron might be the best answer, but I don't know if you want to use him up on defense that way. Yeah, uh, Maybe Shumpert plays a little more him, but then that kind of takes a man off the floor on the offensive end. So I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I was almost at the point during game two thinking, man, just try playing a 2-3 zone or <laughs> just do something to change the look that you're showing them. Or, you know, box and one, something trap. I don't know what you can do. <laughs> you got to try something different at some point, right? I dare, I would dare T. Lou to pull out the box and one for Kevin Durant. That would be spectacular. It would be hilarious, but it would be, I mean, what else, what, what else are you going to do? I don't know. There's a, there's a security dude walking right now. I can see him from my, my window. He's wearing one of those yellow, you know, like vests. Maybe you get yeah. him and some of his boys and try and get them to slow Durant down. I don't know. This. I don't know that you can do anything schematically to diminish the impact he's having on this series. He is he is such a difference maker with his size and length and ability on both ends of the floor that uh, I'm, I'm not sure there's a reasonable expectation that the Cavaliers can do much to slow him down. I think the Cavs need to focus more on what they can do to get their guys going. I mean – Tristan Thompson has yeah. eight points and eight rebounds through the first two games. To me, he's the key. He's the guy that has to change the the t- tone of this, you know, in order to, for the Cavaliers to turn this thing around. And maybe that's heaping too much pressure on him. I don't know. What do you think? That's, is that more than we should be throwing on Tristan Thompson's shoulders? I just don't know what you expect him to do. I mean, he's not getting the rebounding numbers we're used to seeing, but – Kevin Love and LeBron have sort of picked up the slack there. I mean, they're they're clearly focusing on him, and the rebounds are there to be had. And and LeBron and and Love have stepped up in that sense. But I mean, what, what else is Tristan Thompson? He's not going to score twenty five points. I, I, I want you need somebody else to step up on that side of the ball, and maybe that's Kyrie, maybe that's Kevin Love. But some, I think someone else on this Cavs team is going to have to be more consistent on offensive end and give them four quarters of production to, to team with LeBron. Yeah. I, I don't know if it, I think Kyrie obviously could play better. He certainly wasn't himself. He had nine assists and seven turnovers, you know, in the 75 minutes that he's played in the series so far. Hasn't shot it great, but certainly hasn't looked like the guy who was draining game winning shots, you know, in, yeah. in this series last year. And, Hasn't been a force. Like, he hasn't been somebody that the Warriors have had to worry themselves with like they did last year in those last three games of that series. I, I don't know. What do you do to – I mean, what do you do to get out of a slump in the finals? I mean, and this is a question that could be asked of Clay Thompson, who kind of got out of it a little bit in game two out of his post-game yeah. struggles. But 
some people will tell you that you you go to the you know you go back to the drawing board and come up with something. Other people will tell you keep doing what you've always done, and it and it naturally you will come out of it. Um, what is what does Doctor Hoops Whitaker prescribe for <laughs> for somebody to come out of their post game struggle? The thing about Clay was when he was struggling, at least he was struggling on one end, and on the defensive end, he was still a huge part of what they were doing. So, so you can keep him out there, the shot will come back, but as long as he's playing defense, he's still a really valuable part to do. And, and you know, if, if Kyrie's getting it going on the offensive end, then you expect him to make a big impact on the other side. And I, I don't know if he's capable. Somebody does. Um, so I, the, the other problem with this whole thing is if you want Kyrie to get going on the offensive side, that basically means him playing one-on-one and, attacking the basket and he doesn't really involve the other guys in ways that I think you see golden state on offense where the ball moves and yeah. all five guys are a threat to score at any given time. So I think if Cavs, it's just a problem to be in. I, I was thinking about last year, game three, they came back here to Cleveland. They were down two Oh and Kevin Love had that concussion and uh, Tyler changed the starting lineup, right? That was when Richard Jefferson started game three. Right, and they jumped out to that big lead, and it was sort of after the first quarter. It kind of felt like the game was over. You change if you're Tyron Lue, do you change your starting lineup? Do you change rotation? What do you do? No, I mean in, he's made that clear that they don't. They're not going to change the lineup. I know they're not going to change the pace that they played at. They they feel like they're doing the right things. They just didn't play well enough to win in Oakland. And I'm looking at it saying you didn't play the in a way that would have allowed you to win. You know, you're playing into the hands of the Warriors yep. trying to play a pace game. If you're going if you're going to have a shootout with the Golden State Warriors, you you're asking to get run off the floor. And I don't care if it's at Oracle, Quicken Loans Arena, St. Vincent St. Mary's High School in Akron, I don't care where <laughs> they play. It's you're asking for disaster in in the way I look at it because that would require Kyle Korver and Channing Frye and those guys to be able to play extended stretches in this series and shoot the lights out. And I don't know yeah. if you're going to have that kind of opportunity with your rotation. You know, I mean, Darren Williams is 0 for 9. He had made a shot, in, you know, in, game, in the first two games of the series. J.R. Smith is 1 for 6. Fry is 1 for 5. Shumford's 3 for 12. And Corver's 2 for 7. I mean, you're asking all of those guys to play at their zenith at the same time tonight you know, basically to save game three because LeBron and Kevin Love play well enough that you would think you could be just about anybody with them playing as well as they did in game right. two, and it didn't happen. I also – I really even care about the shooting stats for those guys because, I mean, we're not talking about defensively what they need to do. Right. Um, yeah, I In the blog table today on NBA.com, it's like you know, two games that they – They've lost. The Warriors have scored 120-something points. And last year, those four games they won, the Warriors scored something like 98 points. Right. So, so they've got to set up on that end of the court, and that's not really what those guys are known for. So, I I mean, you, I, you want those guys to play their zenith on the offense, but you need them to play that way on the defensive side of the ball too, and that, that's a tough task, I think. Yeah, I, I don't – Again, I don't like writing off a series before it's time. You got to win four of these, obviously, before you claim a championship. You got to win four of these games. But I have no way of comprehending the Cavaliers 
winning four or five games right now in the series. They got. I mean, I don't see a path to four wins in five games for them. I I just. Yeah. I mean, even even with my best blue blockers on, I could not see it. Well, I don't I don't necessarily see a sweep coming unless there's a, a complete breakdown, you know, in game three. I can't see a sweep. I, I, I got to believe LeBron is good enough working on seven straight trips to the finals. He's got to be good enough to keep this team afloat Yeah, for five games in this series. A sweep is, is – I couldn't imagine that. Yeah, I can't either. I, I, I mean, I, I said last week I thought Warriors in five. Um, so we'll see if the Cavs can pull one of these out here. No doubt. Um, again, we apologize for all the uh, the rough technical uh, difficulties we've had Um it's it's a bit of a, a work in progress when we're on the road like this, stretched around this building, stretched around wireless connections. I, I'm blaming it on the lake. Blame lake. Blame the lake for all this craziness. Um, but we appreciate Matt Bonner taking some time. Game three coming up tonight, nine o'clock Eastern on ABC. Uh, check out all our finals coverage uh, on NBA.com. Po- Post game podcast for each and every game. Um, all all of the stories, uh, twenty four second thoughts, what went right, wrong for every team, you know, for both teams. Um, you can get all of that on NBA dot com, and we'll leave you with a look back at at those first minutes and, and the final minutes of Game Two on Sunday in Oakland as we get ready for Game Three tonight here at Quicken Loans Arena. We'll see you next time right here on the Hang Time Podcast. Later. Over the last three days, adjustments have been made. Game plans have been tweaked, and the scene is set for game two. I'm just going to tell you I'm coaching tonight and the rest of the series. I'm excited, and it's good to be back. you got to have heart. You can't beat this team without having heart. we got to be aggressive in everything we do. One through five, offensively, defensively. we got to play hard. we got to play with intensity. Can the Warriors hold serve once again at home, or will the Cavaliers head back to Ohio with a series tied at one? We all find out straight ahead. Back, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Steve Kerr just came out on the floor and listened to this ovation. Gang two, we love it. Get it. Irving, step back, shot blocked by Durant, who came over for help. Loose ball to Curry. Curry to Durant. Durant at the three-point line. Durant pulls back for three. This game has had that quick pace right from the opening tip. Durant lobs it up. McKee throws it down. All night. Curry looking to pass somebody up top, threw it away. White to LeBron James turnover. And James throws it right down in his face. That's what you've got to do. Send a message. Transition defense. LeBron's coming downhill at it. Now as LeBron goes to the foul line, down the lane, James splits the defense, gets inside, and finishes. Good job! Keep fighting! Keep fighting! Pop was like, you know, my mentor. He would always tell us in these situations, it's supposed to be hard. This matchup, two of the all-time greats going at it back and forth. Happy that to beat. I like my fight, I like my toughness. Let's quickly establish how we're going to play this half. White side Curry dribbles on James, takes a baseline, brings it back outside, now spins back to his right hand, fakes, comes left hand, drives on James all the way, goes up and scores! He beat him to the rim! Timeout Cleveland! What a move by Curry! Yes, sir. Curry takes it up quickly to the front court. Oh, what a pass! 
limits the throws it down. Curry with a dime and a timeout for Cleveland. Another masterpiece from Steph Curry. And Irving sees LeBron and he puts up a floater and gets it to go. James with a triple-double, his eighth in the finals, tying Magic Johnson for most finals triple-doubles ever. Keep scrapping, keep scrapping. And go, 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 go. Durant, Thompson, good open look. Connects on a three. Good play. Love, he's guarded by Durant. Blocked by Durant. His fifth projection of the game. Go, 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 go. Durant comes and gets the ball. James on him. Durant comes middle waves play to the side. Waits for a David West screen. Gets a bump screen. Gets some daylight. Shoots a three. The skill level in this game has been outstanding. Curry takes a three off the dribble. Stop Curry from downtown. He's got a triple double. Opposing players with a triple double, and only the second time ever in playoff history. And that will run it out. And the Golden State Warriors take a two games to none lead in the 2017 NBA Finals, and they hand it to Cleveland. Feels good. Get the win. Hopefully, we can bring that momentum to Cleveland. Yeah, we were supposed to do at home. We went to. Don't be satisfied. We got a long way to go. Long way to go. We're playing an unbelievably competitive team, dominant team. Now we got to go back there. This is where the series changed. You know, last year it was 2-0. Last year we lost. So we know. Trust me. We know. None of it matters unless we can finish the job. You know, we're gonna go home and watch the film, see ways we can be better. You know, we look forward to it. Our fans are looking forward to it. We know that. So, you know, we gotta give them something to cheer for. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say kuna matata. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.